0: Welcome to the Numerologist Podcast, where we bring you a very special guest every single week to help guide you on your spiritual journey, live with abundance, and inspire your soul.
1: Hey, Numerologist community, and welcome back to another episode of the Numerologist podcast with me, Rose, from numerologist.com. Now, our guest today is Lior Alexandra. On her hugely popular YouTube channel, Lior talks about spirituality, law of attraction, self-development, even aliens, and much more. Uh, She's also the driving force behind Alchemy by Lior Alexandra, a brand which creates high vibrational jewelry with meaning. Hey, Leo, how are you? I'm doing so well, Rose. Thank you so much for the introduction. Thank you for being here with us. Now, I want to get straight down to it and ask you a few questions about you. So tell us, who are you, what do you do, and what is your story? Okay, so
0: I have been the little odd spiritual curious girl about my entire life. So I've always been really into spirituality. Um, I grew up in Israel. I moved over here to Los Angeles when I was eight years old. And at the time, spirituality books and like other realities, other perspectives on the world, that, those were my friends. That's how I learned English through different books, through make, creating these like make-believe games for me and my brothers about ancient Egypt and ancient Greece and all this stuff, just really curious about all um, ancient sacred knowledge. And when I was 14, I discovered the law of attraction. So I started through, I was in Barnes and Noble here in Calabasas, and I was walking through this section, and I'll always remember this moment because it's what changed my life forever, right? It's when I found the, the teachings of Abraham by Esther and Jerry Hicks. This purple book stood out to me. I don't know what made me grab it. It was in the self-development and spirituality section, which at the time I didn't spend much time in, but it just, it was there and I, and I was interested and I opened that book and at the time I didn't understand the contents of it as deeply, of course, as I do now 13 years later, but it changed my life and I started to practice the law of attraction now 13 years ago teaching it to my best friends. So we were on AOL, AIM back then when we were messenger, you know. (laughs) And we would go back and forth um, doing these law of attraction exercises together. And I basically, at at just 14, began to coach people through using their words and using the law of attraction to manifest things that they want and to change their reality. So I was doing it from all the way back then. And then that led up to – You know, all the way to 2016 when I started doing YouTube. And originally, I was really into um, spreading the message about veganism. But I remember that I was watching these other YouTubers who talked about the law of attraction. And I was so – I would watch them every morning before going to school. I was going to USC at the time. And it would just change my my day. It would change my frequency, and I was so excited. And I did so well in school at that time, and I was manifesting all these internships, all these really cool internships and all this stuff. And, I, and in 2016, after putting up a few videos about veganism and, like, some interviews I was doing at the time – I realized I have something to teach, something that I'm obsessed with, that I think about and live my life through. Maybe I should do this. And so I did my first um, Law of Attraction video, which is Law of Attraction 101 on YouTube. It blew up. And I was like, wow, there are people who are interested in this. And then that's how I started this, just teaching what I know. And my whole goal, one of the things I was manifesting at that time, I have um, a vision board from 2016, was to be able to make money and create a career around being myself and law of attraction and spirituality. That that is who I am. That's who I've always been. And so I was able to manifest that in a couple of years, which is
1: awesome. That's super cool. (laughs) Now, one thing you said in there that interests me, you said you came, you you were originally born in Israel. So um, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, that would make you Jewish. Um, How does your religion coincide with your spirituality. It's
0: a really good question and it's a question that a lot of people have because there's a lot of people who are very religious and they still want to manifest their best life, right? And and, and all these things, all these external things that they desire. I, from my studies, from my research, I think that manifesting in law of attraction goes hand-in-hand hand with every religion out there, with every culture out there. We find that knowledge and across the board in indigenous cultures, in all the big Abrahamic religions and everything, in in Islam, in, in Buddhism, Hinduism, Taoism, and all of them. Across the board, law of attraction goes hand-in-hand hand with everything. So it doesn't go against Judaism. And then there's these other sects of these sects of these religions which are um, in these cultures which are like the mystic mysticism teachings right so there's like Gnosticism um, in Christianity there's Kabbalah in Judaism there's um, Sufism Sufism I never knew how to say that also English is my second language so (laughs) I'm doing my best (laughs) and and, in these um, mystical teachings It's explicitly said, the law of attraction is explicitly taught in these. So I've always found that it goes hand in hand with it, that it doesn't
1: contradict. That's really lovely when something actually, you know, one works with the other and they're not sort of mutually exclusive. Um, So it's a nice thing that you're actually able to weave that in um, as well. So when it comes to the law of attraction, can you just tell us a bit more about what the concept is there? Okay, so the law of attraction
0: is basically that which is like unto itself is drawn. So in a very simple way, it's that you, there's all these different ways to explain it and different methods of manifesting, but it's basically that what you are, where you vibrate, what frequency you vibrate at, you're going to attract to you experiences, people, situations, resources, and everything else you're going to, reality is going to assemble for you at the level of of your vibration, what you are, you attract. And there, there's been there's a new way that I'm kind of playing with this lately. That's more than just um, calling to you things. It's more that you are bringing ideas into physicality. So they, these things start as thought forms right? These ideas, these things that we want, like I want to get into, for example, when I was manifesting, getting into USC, University of Southern California, I wanted to get there. Something starts as a thought and then it has to come down somehow into the physical reality. So law of attraction and also the law of polarity. These are the, the ways that you bring a thought into physical form, into material, materiality. So, um, in the most simple thing like attracts like mm-hmm.
1: that makes total sense and one question that sort of that brought up for me is thinking about the person who is attracting these things as a passenger in this sort of um law of attraction what would you say about that of people do, do i just have to think something and it will be or do i have to be proactive about getting out there how does that work I think that it works for different
0: people in different ways because everything goes back to our belief systems. So if somebody thinks manifesting and, and using the law of attraction consciously, because we're, we're always manifesting everything that we're experiencing, right? Rose, we're manifesting. I manifested this. We're manifesting where we are. Everything has been manifested. Everything begins with thoughts. And so, um, for each person, when they come into the realization that this law exists, that there's this kind of like this intelligence in the universe that likes to work with you and play with you to reassemble reality to be more like what you're envisioning, for each person, that's going to, that's going to seem either really, really hard and unattainable or easy. So I think that I've always looked at it as something that, that is easy. And because of that, and because I've built this belief over a decade now of manifesting being easy, manifesting for me is instantaneous, right? And for somebody else who thinks, oh, well, I have to focus on it every single day in order for it to manifest, that's their belief system. That's their reality. So that's, the universe gives us evidence for our belief systems. Does that make sense?
1: It does. And what's, what's really funny there is your belief system about the law of attraction itself, you know, it, it, that sort Of defines how the law okay. of attraction will work for you exactly, that's, that's not easy,
0: not exempt from it. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: so crazy to think about that. It's, it's one of those things you would think that's the exemption, that's the thing, <laughs> right. it's universal law, but no, it's it's all it all goes hand
0: in hand in our beliefs. The universe gives us evidence for all of our
1: beliefs, mm-hmm. so including about it, about how the universe works. <laughs> yeah, so. My my next question was going to be about whether the law of attraction works for everybody. But sort of given what you've just said then, I'm sort of more thinking, well, it could work for everybody if they believe in it. Is that what you would think? Yeah, totally.
0: And it's not necessarily believing in it. You could use it without believing in it. So it works all the time ubiquitously across the board with everybody because we're always constantly manifesting. So for example, I just spoke to on Twitter with this person who was, who said to me, who we're in a little, not an argument, but we were having a conversation and we have differing opinions. And they said, um, no matter how much you wish to not be poor, uh, unless you do something physically um, you're going to stay poor or something like that. And I said, yeah, because that is your belief system. So 100%. But we have stories, we have thousands, if not millions of stories of people in horrible circumstances, completely rising from their situation, not knowing about the law of attraction, but knowing this is what I want for myself, this is what I want for my life, and this is what I'm going to have, and writing something down, and then their entire life changes. There was that story of, it was a woman, it was on, she was on Oprah, she was on Oprah a few times, and she was from Zimbabwe, I believe. Um, her name starts with a T. I don't remember it. It's at the top of my head, but she it, she was from this um this town in Africa in in Zimbabwe, in absolute dire circumstances, just really really living and growing up in poverty, and she wrote one day somebody from America came and taught them like to write their intentions or something like that. She wrote this intention that she's going to be a doctor in America and she wrote it down and she hid it under a rock and she went on to get her master's PhD, everything. She's a doctor now in America. Her whole family is here, moved everybody over here, total American dream. And it's like, how can you tell, how can you, how can anybody argue that it could work for anyone when of course this woman's clearly intelligent, clearly talented but if it could work from her in her circumstances that for a- anybody to judge them would say that it's it's hard to get out of poverty right mm-hmm. and she was able to do that she set yeah. her intention put it under a rock let it go and then the universe reassembled to give her the opportunities
1: to study and she went and studied and she made this all happen i love that so I, and I hate going down the, the more negative route, but what about things that happen that are not very nice to people? You know, have, have they manifested that? Great. Right. So that's such a good question. And this is something that I think,
0: um, you know, there are other universal laws, and this goes into the more esoteric. I think anybody listening to the Numerologist podcast is into that, so it's easy to talk about. But we, we, from my perspective um, – So there's there's many different ways to look at this. Some, like Abraham, uh, the teachings of Abraham will say that there are certain things when you're a child that your parent actually manifests for you because your will isn't as strong then, and that can happen for you. So a parent who's really worried about their child getting really sick might manifest sickness to their child. I think that we could take that even one step further and My belief, my own experience, I had um, uh, what's called a non-abiding awakening in my early 20s, and it was kind of like this peak behind the curtain. We could talk about that if you'd like. It's a whole other thing, but I learned a lot from that, and my solid belief is that everything happens exactly the, the way that it's supposed to, and before this lifetime, we create certain contracts with certain people, and it's Kind of like paying off karma, kind of like, I want to learn this lesson. You want to learn this lesson. Let's do this to each other in this lifetime. And we make these decisions before we come into physicality. Because this physical experience, and quantum physics tells us this already. Physics says this. This physical experience, it's not even real. It's not everything. It's not who we are. We're not just matter. We're not just this physical body. We're so much more than this. So for me to think that things happen to us in the universe rather than for us just doesn't, it doesn't resonate. And, I, and I've i had bad things happen to me. I've gone through really dark things in my life. And I think that without my faith, without my, so sorry, okay. without my belief, put that on, it would have been so much more difficult. It would have been so much more difficult to go through those things thinking, oh, um, life is, happening to me, like all these different things are happening to me, and deep traumas, you know, and there's this thing in in the Bible that I really like, this overall, this this encompassing message in the Old Testament, it's when the Jews keep having their temple knocked down, they build the temple and it's knocked down, right, and every time that happens, they don't shake their fists at the sky and say, why is God doing this to us? They say, well, I must have done something. What What did we do? What did we do? And that's not, of course, not like to, to victim blame and not to um, anybody who's been through something traumatic. It's not their fault, but it is still meaningful. There's meaning to everything. And again, I've been through dark things. And without that faith, without that belief of knowing, there was a reason. And look where I ended up at the life of my dreams, for sure, because I knew that these dark things happening to me or these challenges that that I've gone through that my family has gone through have formed me and shaped me to be who I am. And on that note, a lot of times when we want to manifest something um uh and we're not totally in the frequency to receive it. We're over here. Mm-hmm. In order to get over here where we are capable of receiving over to from point A to point B where we are capable of receiving, often life takes us on a journey that's up and down and up and down, right? It's not linear. So we go through these dark times and these these high times because humanity, in general, experiences the, the nature of universe. is just like a woman giving birth. We have contractions, right, in order to birth something new. In order to birth something new, you have to experience contractions. And the human experience is a series of contractions and expansions. And in the contraction, things seem scary and dark and challenging. But then the expansion comes, and you're like, "Oh, this is why it had to happen. It's all natural."
1: Mm-hmm. And it's it's really funny that we're talking about this right now because um, I live by the mantra as well that everything happens for a reason, and I truly believe that and um, but sometimes when you are going through those dark times you can't see that and and it's not a piece of advice that people would want to hear during those times either like I, I have I've got a friend and she um she had a baby last week and he's very sick he's in the he's in the ICU um, and it's one of those things that he, he's on the mend so so you know it's it's getting better but it's one of those things I, I I can't say everything happens for a reason but having gone through nearly the same thing this time last year myself I know that she'll come out of this stronger, a stronger person. Um, So, yeah, it's just it's it's a funny thing that we're talking about it now.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, synchronicity, right? It all happens for a reason. And I also think that it's interesting when friends go through similar things and one friend goes through it a long time before the other person does. It's almost like you're meant to be that lighthouse for her, you know, because you persevered through something so challenging um, and yeah, just telling that person, oh, it's happening for a reason. We always want to be compassionate. We always want to be em- empathic, but to steer them to, we're going to figure out why this is happening and we're going to get through this together. I- I'm not telling you that you're responsible for this, but this is happening. Ultimately, everything's happening for a reason. Mm-hmm. It really is. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, I do actually want to segue back to what we were just talking about, about your peek behind the curtain. So let's talk about that for a minute.
0: <laughs> I'd love to. I, I love talking about this more than anything lately. <laughs> because the more I talk about it, the more I remember it and the more I can live my life according to what happened to me. Because a lot of people experience something like this or something super mystical and they're changed for a little bit, and then they go on to living their life normally. So it's always important to talk about these really amazing, paradigm-shifting, life-altering experiences so that we can continuously remember to live by these things. So um, when I was 20 or 21, so I was always spiritual for sure, but I wasn't um, tapped in. I wasn't that conscious in at that age. I was drinking A lot. I was on antidepressants. I was, which you should not do together, I was on anti anxiety. Um, I was eating a really bad diet and I was in a really bad relationship. It was my longest relationship. My demons loved his demons and I was just in a, a very closed place, right? So the fact that this thing happened to me at a time where I'm not meditating, I'm not taking care of myself, I'm not doing anything, I look at it as grace. You know, grace is when the divine gifts you something so it was a gift and it didn't take right away but it planted a seed in my consciousness that flourished and blossomed years later think think it's the i'm so thankful for this like thank god thank the universe thank everything so what happened was i didn't have a word for this for many years too i was 20 or 21 and i had these two split seconds of enlightenment so in that moment once was when I woke up from my sleep into it. It happened while I was asleep, and I woke up either crying or laughing. I can't remember if I was crying that time or the other time, but a, a very emotional reaction. The other time, I was walking out of the, the door of my house, pulling the doorknob open, and I had to split second. And now, this split second felt like years. And what I saw was a scoped out picture of the universe. I felt this loving, unconditionally loving presence kind of behind me, kind of watching me, kind of like looking at me like, look at this. Let me show you something, (laughs) okay? I wasn't religious and I wasn't, I was just conceptually spiritual, but not practicing spiritual at the time. So I wasn't looking for this. I wasn't looking for enlightenment or anything like that. Um, And this energy showed me all these images I got answers for everything. I saw an answer for everything. Answer to every mathematical problem you could think of, any scientific problem you could think of, cure to cancer, cure to this, cure to all these things. In a split second, rushed, flooded into my mind. I saw how every single person is connected, how we're all the same thing. We're the same as trees. We're the same as all the animals, all the plants, everything. We're the same thing where love being expressed through different vessels, through different um, bodies, through materiality, okay? So I saw that we are all connected. I saw that everything is going according to plan. And it showed me wars, poverty, violence, everything. And I know it's hard to, to understand when we're not in that place it's hard for me to understand when I'm seeing especially in this year in twenty twenty and I keep saying I keep having to bring myself to okay I know it looks bad but everything's
1: perfect
0: <laughs> and I saw everything is going according to plan. It's perfect. And the last thing that I learned was that love is everything. And it sounds cheesy but there is no way other way to explain what I experienced. And I realized that all those songs from the Beatles and all these songs that we've heard from um these artists and and gurus and, and uh, enlightened people that are all saying love is everything, love is the only thing, they're saying that that's the truth. That's the simple, ultimate, bottom line truth. We are love. We come from love. We return to love. And the only thing that matters is love. And the best way to deal with anything in life, with everything from sickness to any challenge to any conflict is through unconditional love and all of this came in a split second it was unreal and it happened twice so one time I burst out crying after and then I went on about my day and the other time I just started laughing I think that's when I woke up from it in my sleep and I was just laughing because I was like oh my god how did I forget how did I forget now, this is – I didn't know what this was, and I spent years, Rose, years looking for somebody who understood what I went through. I found nothing. I read books. I looked it up. I literally looked – I went on Google and typed in exactly the situation. Like, I found out everything is love, and it's all connected. <laughs> what happened? What is this? Nothing. Nothing. No resources at all until probably um, a couple years ago. Where I started, oh, I found out when I read *A New Earth* by Eckhart Tolle, Eckhart Tolle, mm-hmm. he kind of briefly explains the situation, this experience, but not, it didn't click yet. It, it didn't give me this, the name for it. Then I found this author and this teacher, Adya Shanti, and Adya Shanti has this book that's called, um, I can look it up right now. I'm not sure exactly what it was called. Something like the the end of your world. It's called the end of your world. And in the end of your world, he explains what I went through, word for word. He even says that it's a split second, but it feels like a long time, right? And this is called non-abiding awakening because I'm not enlightened. I didn't. It didn't stay with me, right? I just got a peek. I got a peek to what these enlightened people. In India and all over the world, this is how they see life all the time. This is how they feel always, and it's just like this truth
1: that when I bring
0: myself back to it, everything's okay again.
1: Mm-hmm. That's that's incredible. Yeah. I really love that story. So, how do you do you look back on your non-abiding awakening? Like, how do you use that now? Right. Um. When when the world is dark like it is right
0: now. I have to keep bringing myself to that because I just tell myself there's, there's a plan here. It's not our plan. It's this divine intelligence plan. It wants to experience exactly what we're going through right now. And I am this intelligence, right? And you are this intelligence. We all are a part of it. We're a spark of it. It exists in us. We're just limited by our human bodies and our human experience. So we've forgotten all of it. We've forgotten all of this. Um and so I see the violence and I see the sickness and I see all this and it hurts. Being an empathic person this year has been really hard. Hearing sad stories, things like, you know what what your friend is going through and it, it hurts. But I keep bringing myself back to, but we're never we're never born and we never die. We're gonna continue forever we're just having this, it's just an experience and it feels really real and it's important. It's not non-important because it's not as real as we think it is. It's really important. We want it to be here. There's a reason why we're here. But it's going back to that everything happens for a reason thing. It's like, for some reason, consciousness wants to experience this right now. Mm-hmm. I'm having a
1: bad day, I guess consciousness wanted to experience this right now. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's, um, that's a really great mechanism I think to go back to and think about when you are having a bad day and when the world is rough and dark and all those kinds of things and it's it's one of those things that I think it's probably easier said than done you know you you want to go back to it and think everything does happen for a reason but in practice it's probably pretty hard right
0: a hundred percent and there are moments where I remember it and I'm like okay but I don't care I feel like crap right now I feel horrible I'm going to take a nap I'm going to turn everything off I'm not going to talk to anybody. And how dare that guy cut me off. I do not <laughs> know everything is perfect. <laughs> at least having that in the background, that underlying truth, that that knowing that uh, we're going to go through challenging things in this life because that's why we're here. If we wanted to stay in perfection, we would have stayed in perfection. We wanted to come, we wanted to go through the degradation process that exists when you are a spirit coming into matter. So we we kind of dim our light and we come into our physical matter, into our physical vessels that we use to navigate this world. We wanted to experience all this. If we didn't, we wouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. So just having that in the background to just go back to, and sometimes it works. Sometimes my energy changes right away and I'm like, yes, I'm spirit experiencing this challenge. It's great. I'm going to get through this and I'm going to be expanded. This is just a contraction, right? Again, those contractions and expansions. And sometimes I'm just like, okay, I'm in the contraction. Let me be in my bubble. I hate everything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, this is probably a funny segue, but I, how did you start your jewelry line? Oh, yeah. It's actually a perfect
0: segue because, um, so, okay. So, <laughs> so this was, again, this is, um, I, I'm of the big belief. I first learned about this in Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic. Where she talks about thought forms as ideas, and this is there's a whole this is huge in the esoteric community. Thought forms exist in the astral realm, the fourth dimension, and they're conscious beings that want to come into physicality. They want to become material, so they want to come into the human world. And in order to do that, they have to degrade again, just like we do, into matter, becoming denser into matter. So I'm completely of the belief that alchemy, that these amulets wanted to become a tool again for humanity because they're not the, the original one, the balancing amulet that I made. I'll explain what in are and um, the The original one was found in Tiberias in the Middle East. So they have been around, we don't even know how long. And they were tools. They were tools of creation, of manifestation. And I truly believe that there was this thought form that was like, you're going to create this and you're going to distribute our tool worldwide for people to heal with, to manifest with, to find their soulmate with, to find balance with it, to activate their fertility, to all, all this different all these different things that um, these amulets are able to do. I never wanted to do jewelry. I wasn't interested. My dad is a jeweler and he always wanted me to start a jewelry line. And I was never interested. I had all the resources and everything. I had no desire. But it was like a situation, a a, a synchronicity after synchronicity led me to being like, oh, I'm going to make 50 of these and see if people want to buy them. I didn't know the meaning behind what I was doing. I I didn't know anything at the time. I only went on later on when I started to actually produce them and ship them worldwide. That's when I found out the power behind these things. Mm -hmm. So I started on the floor of my childhood bedroom, listening to Abraham Hicks while wrapping each one, packaging each one, (laughs) sending them out with high vibrations. And like I said, it was probably six months into doing that when I finally made it like Alchemy by Leo Alexandra. And I really did the deep diving, the deep research onto what these letters, these codes are. The original one that I found, my dad was wearing it. He brought it back from Israel. Um, his sister-in-law found it for him from Tiberius. And I and I, told, I was sitting with him, and I was like, Abba, I've been looking for a necklace like that. He takes it off of his neck and puts it on me. It was the, I'll never forget these little moments that change your life, you know? Mm-hmm. So I started wearing it in my videos, and people started commenting about it. I was like, oh, people are interested in this. And one thing led to the other, and it's this idea of this thought form, this the power behind these amulets, wanting to be available to more people. So it took me to the right place at the right time, to the right resource, and little by little it became
1: what it is today. Absolutely. I I think that's that's the best business start of business story I've ever heard. You know, most people think, Oh I have got this idea and I'm gonna start selling it. You're like, ah. I just knew I needed to do it. (laughs) (laughs) It was not my idea. Something else wanted to come through me. You know, it's like a channeling, kind of. I love that. (laughs) And and we'll actually put the link to um, people to check out your jewelry in the show notes for this podcast. Now, we are in and out of time, but I do want to ask you some questions that we had from our community. So, um, let's have a look. Okay, so the first question we got was, how long does it take for the law of... Sorry, excuse me. How long does it take for the law of attraction to work? Mm -hmm. Okay, so thankfully, we're blessed
0: with something called the buffer of time. Okay, so we're blessed with this because imagine if every thought you had manifested. Imagine if you're cursing somebody that you love out and you're like, oh, I wish something bad happened to them, and it happened right away. So thankfully, we have a buffer of time. For different people, things are going to manifest at different times. Like I said, if you live in this world like I do, live in it and have for over a decade, things are going to manifest a lot faster because your belief system is there. If you don't believe in it so much, you're going to need a little bit more time. And it's going to be really individual to you. One thing I will say is that spirit, God, the universe is never too late. If you can just take that belief system that God is never too late, Everything's going to happen for you in divine timing because the universe, God, source, whatever it is that you resonate with, that you want to, you know, I don't want to say God and turn off anybody who's not religious because it's you are God, you know? Um, this energy, this, this consciousness works outside of space and time. It's not limited like we are by the fourth dimension and by the third dimension, right? It works outside of that. So a really good example of this that I like to share is, um, let's say you wanted to manifest an orange. Okay, so you set your intention and you say, I want to manifest an orange. And then you go to work that day, and um, the, the the communal space where the kitchen where the employees eat is filled with oranges. Right, you're having a party and somebody just brought a bunch of oranges. So rationally you think, well, somebody made this decision to buy oranges it had nothing to do with me. It probably was made before I even asked for oranges. But that's not how it works because the universe operates outside of time and space. So you ask for something and it can be that instantaneous that it shows up the very next um, place that you go, right? So it's going to be different for different people. But it's all about belief system and, and hammering in that belief system that you're working outside of time and space.
1: Cool. So there's a question here about um, beginners – so how can beginners start to take steps to use the law of attraction? That's really good. So um,
0: when you're just beginning, first of all, you're not a beginner, right? Like you're <laughs> saying, you've been manifesting your whole life. You've been manifesting. You've manifested your situation just unconsciously. So what you're doing, don't look at yourself as a beginner. Look at yourself as now a conscious creator. You're consciously creating now. So um, I would start small and build up your belief system. So start to manifest little things like. Somebody reaching out to you, a text from somebody that you want a free cup of coffee, parking space, an email, little things that you don't have, that you don't put on a pedestal, that you're not desperate for them to happen, so that that way you can get your energy and your belief system to a good place of like of of building that foundation little by little. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So what would what would I do? So for example, I want this person to email me back today? Would I just sit there and think this person is going to email me today? Okay, that's a good one.
0: So what I would do in that situation, especially as a beginner, is I would sit and I would kind of get into a meditation. And I would focus on my breath for a little bit and slow everything down, become very present. And then I would visualize receiving an email from somebody. Another good thing to do is to focus on the emotion you're going to get when you receive that email, or focusing on the emotion that the other person is going to feel as they send that email, so kind of pulling this person up into your mind and seeing them thinking about you, manifest from their perspective. It's outer intention. So see them thinking about you, see them um, feel what they're feeling, like oh I'm excited to email Rose today. I'm going to email. I'm going to email Rose today, and see them sitting down at their computer and going through the process and um, visualize that and then feel how you would feel receiving that email visualize yourself receiving that email and then just go back to your breath and then cult cold- emotions of gratitude we didn't even get to talk about gratitude in this one but gratitude is really important and just saying thank you it's the most powerful and most simple prayer you can possibly do saying thank you for that if that's what you want like thank you i'm so grateful i received this email i'm so grateful in the present tense i'm so grateful and then i would go about my day i would drop it i wouldn't think about it i wouldn't check my phone i would just let reality do its thing I would let the world reassemble and with practice for some people this is going to be instant for other people it's going to take a little bit of practice somebody might get in a couple days or a few days or a month even right it just depends on each level's uh each person's level of belief and level of certainty and faith that this
1: is going to happen well that was very helpful because that is an actual example that I'll be using today (laughs) yes will you update me on it I will I will Um, Okay, so um, just a couple more questions. Um, How do I use the law of attraction to find the one? Okay, that's a good one. I have many programs on that
0: if anybody wants to check those out. Manifesting the one is actually super simple because you don't have to do anything that has to do with the other person at all. It's all about you. Can you manifest the life of your dreams, feeling the best in your body, feeling the best about yourself? There's this saying, it goes, um, I found you when I went looking for me. And I think that that is the most important. It's like you go on this self-love journey where you start to love yourself and you start to align with this frequency of self-love, self-worthiness, self-confidence, and then other people start seeing you like that and you become a magnet. So what we want to do is we're calling, we're attracting to us. We're not chasing anything or anybody because things come to us. We create this spider web, right? And we let things get stuck in it because basically what we're doing is we're working on ourselves, just like a spider works on her web to um, catch her food. We're working on ourselves. And when we work on ourselves, things just come to us.
1: We can be the tastiest, greatest spider web ever. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And finally, last question. Um, what if the law of attraction fails? Okay. So this is a good question.
0: I think that it never truly fails. There are – everything goes back to our limiting beliefs and our, self, our self-limiting beliefs. How we perceive the world, our belief system is going to um, make something manifest or not manifest. <clears throat> and I think that when people say, like, it fails, they're, they're, they're assuming that it can fail. And it can't. It's just about learning how to how to get your energy right to align with that thing that you want. So I say that you're not failing at something, you're repelling it. It's just not in your frequency right now. It might not be you might be at such a high level, and you're like, for example, a a girl will want to manifest, you know, a partner and she has her eye on this specific person, but they're on a lower frequency, and she can't manifest them because. They're not in alignment. So it's not that you're not manifesting. It's not that it's not happening. You just have to align. You have to, if you want to lower your frequency to match with this person, you can. You have free will. It's up to you. Or maybe you want to raise your frequency and see who exists on that that high frequency right there, right? So you might be asking for something that's going to knock you out of your frequency and it's going to happen. It's going to happen. But it takes a degradation of that frequency, a lowering of that frequency to make it happen. Mm -hmm. So it's just that, your your belief system, your limiting beliefs, how you see the world. Working on that and knowing that you are manifesting at
1: all times, but what, maybe your signal is just a little bit off.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I, I really like the way you describe that because it kind of links into what you were just talking about about how long does it work? And it's you know, it's not really like that. So, and even going in with the with the thought that it could fail. Right. sets you up for that you know right. the, sets you the, that possibility exactly <laughs> mm-hmm. all right Leo, thank you so much for joining us today I personally have learned a lot about the law of retraction and I will be implementing some things into my um, daily practice um thank you once again thank you so much you're such a pleasure to talk to that was really really fun
0: <laughs> thank you for listening to the numerologist podcast If you loved it, make sure you subscribe and don't forget to check the show notes for an extra special free gift.